Jordan and they score! And Jeru's got it! He deflected by Antti And the Flyers have some magic left as they win it in overtime. Voracek cutting on in. Voracek to the middle of the shot. He scores! It's time for the 5-Minute Major Podcast. Look at He scores! That's what the people came to see. Now here's your hosts, Matt Mastro Giovanni and Dave Morris. Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to another episode of 5-Minute Major Radio. Dave here, reunited with my broadcast partner in crime, Matt Mastro Giovanni. Matt, how's it going this evening? It's going as usual. Um, just a, a hectic schedule this week, and uh, just trying to keep the grind going here. But uh, we got some playoff hockey going, and we got some uh, some good flyer stuff to talk about. I don't know if it's good, but uh, we have flyer <laughs> stuff to talk about. That's pretty much all the best way I can put it right now. But uh, yeah, it's good to be back on the mic, and uh, we got a good a good show for the people tonight. Yeah, definitely. Um, pretty much we can lead right into it. You know, this is probably I think the most flyers heavy podcast. Well, we've well that we've had or we're going to have had mm-hmm. since the season ended because um, there's been a lot going on in flyer land. And um, depending on how you look at things, all three are good or at least two out of three are good. Um, but that is all up to the eyes of the, of the beholder. Or at least you would hope two out of the three are good. Yeah. Um, but we can, I guess, start off first things first um here matt the flyers after um it broke on the on on the twitterverse that felix sandrum sandstrom had signed uh to go play over in the liga in finland next year mm-hmm. um everyone was saying oh well i guess it means alex Lyon is back and sandstrom is you know the flyers will retain his rights and we'll probably never see him again well lol just kidding because literally the next day, um, the Flyers did sign Felix Sandstrom to a one-year, two-way contract uh, with an AAV of 750k. Um, so Felix Sandstrom, um, arguably at one point at the same level as Carter Hart in goaltending depth prospect level. Um, I wouldn't say he's that anymore, but he is staying with the organization another year and. Uh, we might possibly see a Swedish tandem of Sandstrom and uh, Samuel Arison next year with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Yeah, I don't. I believe Lyon is a free agent this upcoming free agency, yes. right? So he's, yeah, he's he's unrestricted. Um, I'm assuming he might go the Stolars route, where he's kind of probably tired of being a, an 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 ooh an AHL goalie. And maybe try to get a, at least to be a backup or a 1B for an NHL team other than the Flyers. I don't think that... I mean, it's tough the way that everyone played this year that he can kind of like... I don't think he fits in with the Flyers anymore. Mm-hmm. Could fit in with the Phantoms. Um, a good option, I guess, again, God forbid, knock on wood, if someone gets hurt on the Flyers. But I don't think he's a guy that you can kind of look up to or look to for a long-haul stretch of games, especially, I mean, you can, but this is also a, the Flyers are a powder keg right now, and they're, you need to minimize the things that can kind of blow people up. And again, like we talked about with Jim Jackson, the Twitter sphere, Flyers Twitter is a sliver of the fan base, and it's a very incendiary sliver as we both know, Dave, um, very reactionary sliver. But I just think that Lion doesn't really fit the fit the bill anymore, foot the bill, whatever that saying is. But, um, yeah, I think Sandstrom and Erickson are probably a good combo to have in the AHL, unless Lion is willing to take, I don't know how much he was getting paid, maybe another pay cut, and just do a two-way contract with the Phantoms and then come up to the Flyers if they need him. I'm kind of indifferent about Lyon. If he goes, that's fine. If he stays, that's fine. But I don't think he, I don't think he, will be a mainstay on the Flyers. I could be wrong, but I don't think I will be. Not I mean, you hope late. not. Yeah, like you hope that obviously Hart finds his game again. Well, again, like we've said before, it's almost like a domino effect where you hope the team in front of him plays better, and then Hart finds his game because 
we saw what happened this past season, and it was uh, a nightmare. But there's also the question of Brian Elliott and another backup slash 1B option, depending on the cap and depending on if the management of the Flyers kind of puts their, literally puts their money where their mouth is, where they we've heard all this talk of the team deserves a, this, te- this city deserves a contender, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, we, we like what you're saying for the most part, but words are, words are who's, I forget who said it, but talk is cheap mm-hmm. um, and we need action. We need results. We're both results guys. And I mean, we just need a better on ice product. And I don't think Alex Lyon really does that for the Flyers. And Sandstrom, again, like you said, pulls a kind of psych. I'm staying, but he hasn't even seen any time with the Flyers, it looks like. No, he's he spent the majority of his time with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms and the Reading Royals in the East Coast Hockey League in the ECHL. Yeah. Um, and he's been a goalie who's really had a hard time adapting to the North American game. Yep. Um, coming over from Sweden, um, you know, he spent his full his first full rookie season with the Reading Royals, where he was 13, 11, and one, and then a three a three point two seven goals against average and an eight eighty five save percentage in twenty five games. So yeah. that's not that good. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, he spent this past season full-time split between the AHL with the Phantoms or on the Flyers taxi squad. And with the Phantoms, he did go 5-3-3, three, and three, had a 3.19 goals against average and a 9-3 save percentage, so a little bit better there. Yeah. Um, but his his really his claim to fame was when he was a, a star goalie starting for the World Junior Championship team for Sweden um, back in 2017. He was the best goaltender in the tournament that year, and he was 4-2 and two with a 2.17 and a 9-15. So, you know, those are numbers that you would expect from him. But really, ever since then, he's kind of dipped down. So we'll have to see where he goes. And the interesting thing now that we have here, too, is another reason why I think Alex Lyon is no longer in the equation is the Flyers, they have a log jam at at goalie mm-hmm. in the AHL and ECHL. Because besides Sandstrom and Arison, you have to, you can't forget um, Kirill Ustamenko. Yeah. Um, who has probably climbed, he's passed over Sandstrom in the depth chart, I would think at least. Uh-huh. Um, but then you have God Arison, who's been one of the best goalies in the, in the SHL in Sweden the past two seasons. Yeah. So he turned to pro. So we have to see where he, where he's going to fall. So it's, it is an interesting situation and definitely the Flyers cupboard is, uh, it's packed pretty full down the minor leagues in net. So we'll just have to see how it all plays out. I was going to say, I think it's one of those things, at least for me, that I'm going to keep on the back burner for now because I'm more worried, a lot more worried about Carter Hart than I am about any other goalie in the Flyers system right now. Carter Hart is the most important thing the Flyers have right now. Exactly. <laughs> so so um, it's good that Sandstrom's staying at least for one more year, but we need our, our boy Carter Hart to get back on track here. Um, but, Dave, I think we can kind of segue from there. While we're in the minor leagues, Yes. Um, we can go to Lappy Valley, as they're calling it now. Um, the Flyers announced on Sunday that they named Ian LaPerriere head coach of their AHL affiliate, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Uh, he's become the 11th Phantoms head coach in franchise history. Chuck Fletcher was quoted saying, we're very happy to have Ian serve as the next head, co- head, co- head coach There we go, of the Phantoms. He has been extremely dedicated individual to the Flyers organization and has shown a strong work ethic as a player, development coach, and an assistant over the last 12 years for us. We're excited to have him at the forefront of developing our prospects, preparing them to reach the NHL, and bring success to Lehigh Valley. Uh, I'm going to say it flat out. I am very worried about this. I was a little worried at first, Matt, uh, but then I remembered... You know, going back to a couple of years ago when Lappy was in, te- in charge of player development, when the Flyers were like coming towards the end of the Paul Holmgren early Ron Hexel area, where they were still, they didn't have the same issues, mm-hmm. and developmental camp was run differently, and I feel like it had a nice, a good flow to it, and the prospects, I almost seemed more ready when they came up to the Flyers and Phantoms. Yeah. Um, I definitely think Lappy could be good in the minor leagues as maybe a head coach and adjusting to younger players and getting them, you know, to be prepared to to fully become like a full blown professional when they reach the NHL. Um, But 
based off of his track record as being an assistant coach in the NHL, I don't like I don't like what I see. Yes. Um, I'm not willing to completely write him off yet because that wouldn't be fair to him because he's never mm-hmm. been a head coach before. Um, but it is surprising um, that the Flyers did go this route. I mean, it, it's surprising, but it also shouldn't be surprising because yeah. I guess apparently if you get a job from the Philadelphia Flyers organization, you have job security for life regardless of your performance, which isn't how the real, wor- the real world, world works at times. Yeah. Um, but really the only way we're going to see is how it pans out. Um, and because I am a Phantoms fan, like I am a Flyers fan, I want to see the Phantoms do well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they certainly do have a good crop of players now, as we saw from this past season. Yeah. Um, so we'll just see where things go from here. I'm, I'm not ready. Like I said, I'm not ready to write Lappy off, but it's not the most comforting move. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head where, like you said, the his track record with special teams it was at, at one point with the mm-hmm. flyers they it was what five years or so he was a special teams coach and both the penalty kill and the power play were bottom not bottom of the barrel but bottom quadrant i don't think i don't think he, he touched the power play but i think he was he was penalty kill definitely yeah but I his think, penalty kill was like the worst in the league yeah it was like at least like bottom 10 bottom five or bottom of the barrel but and again i think you can judge him based off of that because it's hard like there's uh, the argument like at what point does it come down to the players as opposed to the coach it blah 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 but um yeah i mean i'm i'm willing to give him a chance here as a head coach but i think it's almost kind of i don't know i guess it's it seems like he's had at least good player relations and hopefully with him as a head coach he'll have those player relations but it'll kind of bond even better with the younger guys and Mm -hmm. since he was when he was a player he was a pretty good he was a very good nhl vet um a very good team guy all that jazz so hopefully that'll kind of translate into his coaching style and the phantoms will have some success here um because obviously you want the farm team to do good you want the flyers to do good of course but it's always good to have the future doing well so that if the current team isn't doing well like they are then you kind of have some sort of hope to look forward forward to, I guess. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's good for Lappy, but I guess we'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah, and also, it, it gets him off the Flyers coaching staff. So, I will take that move. <laughs> I think we need maybe one or two more guys off the coaching staff. Yeah, and, uh, unfortunately, based off of our conversation from Jim Jackson and from seeing other beats on Twitter, um, I do not think that's happening this yeah. offseason. So, yippee. Uh, well, one can only dream, <laughs> I guess. But, yes. I mean, yeah, good for Lappy. Congratulations on getting the head coaching gig. And uh, we're rooting for you, as we as we always do for the Phantoms. The Phantoms games are fun, actually. I love that they have a Tim Hortons in the PPL Center. Uh, and, and the arena is awesome. Yeah. It's it's a it, literally not a – I think it's it might be the best American Hockey League, you know, Right. Not not the best location though. No, because um, Allentown. No, uh, no offense to anyone that lives in Allentown, but not the best town. No, and it's definitely like it's a minor league stadium, and it has that feel. Whereas it's like it's got two levels. There's a great there's great sight lines, um, but I wouldn't call it to the level that Giant Center is out in Hershey. But that that's a, like a more pro level okay. arena. I would say there's a good so, bar across from the PPL center. I forget the name of it though. I got a couple, a couple good. I have been there, there before too. And I'm forgetting the name as well. Their craft beer selection is on point. All but right. We're, we are getting off the rails here. We're back. We're going to, we're going to get back on the train here. Um, going to some more positive news. Um, as everyone knows earlier in the off season or back before the season ended, the flyers did name, uh, Oscar Lindblom as their nominee to be a finalist for the Bill Masterton Memorial Trophy. Yeah. Well, the NHL also agreed upon that recommendation. Recommenda- recommendation, um, if I can speak. But Lindblom was officially named um, a Bill Masterton Trophy nominee yesterday. Um, and pretty much the Bill Masterton Trophy is... You know, it's a award of the player who annually best embodies the qualities of perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to the game of hockey. 
everyone knows what Osterlund Blom went through with his Ewing sarcoma diagnosis and now yeah. returning to the league essentially a year later. Yeah. Um, it's pretty much you, you, you kind of you don't like this is we, we touched on this last year when we did our awards podcast. Um, this is the one trophy where you're like, I'm not really getting mad at like who wins or loses because all the players obviously, oh, yeah. obviously deserve it. Yeah. Um, but let's be real here. You know, out, out of, you know, it's Matt Dumba and Patrick Marlowe are the other two nominees. Um, sorry to Matt Dumba and Patrick Marlowe, but you're not getting this award. Yeah. And I feel like if, if those two get it over Oscar Lindblom, I feel like there will be, it'll, 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 it'll be a wave in the hockey verse. Like, it'll not be good. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, it, it's nice to just, it's a bigger thing, like an awards award than they, but the biggest thing is that the fact that Oscar was able to come back and play and that he's fully healthy again. That's the biggest thing. And just an award is a nice little cherry on top. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you saw what he went through. You saw him battle back from being in jeopardy as a human being. Uh, with going through that Ewing sarcoma battle, beating the cancer, coming back and playing in the bubble, uh, I guess two seasons ago now in the playoffs, and just I mean being the the what am I what am I trying to think the epitome there we go the epitome of toughness the epitome of a hockey guy as they say just battling through it coming back against all odds and um, I mean we've seen it I think even Fletcher said it where he was quoted. I'm paraphrasing here. I'm loosely paraphrasing here, but the the human being, it's great to see Limblom doing very well and being cancer-free and all that. But again, on the hockey side of things, he definitely does need to do better. But first and foremost, he's a human being. He's doing well. We wish him continued health. But we, again, with the way the Flyers have been this past season, with the way they need to go, they need to get – everyone needs to be better next season, not just Limblom. But – um, great to see him nominated for the Masterson Trophy. Hopefully he wins it. Again, like you said, Dave, everyone that gets nominated for this deserves to win it because they've all had some other some thing going on in their personal lives or in the game that they have battled through and gone through and persevered through, as the, as the award description says. So everyone deserves to win this award, but obviously only one guy can. So we're going to go bias here and say, give it to Limblom. Yes. So... Um, but I think that wraps it up for the Flyers already here. Um, we probably won't have much barring any surprises until the draft. Yeah. And, um, that's going to be in late July. I know, um, free agency does start July 28th. So the draft will probably be a couple days or maybe a week or so before then. Yeah. So, so we'll, uh, have, we'll have the expansion draft and the entry draft to talk about and possibly some, as you say, Dave, some Chucky two trades deals. Well, I mean, that would be nice. I mean, like like I mentioned on last week's podcast, um, the Flyers are picking thirteenth, and in my personal opinion, they should not be using that draft pick to draft a player this year. You need to include that in a trade for something this team needs to get better. Cough, cough, a number one defenseman to play without Improvorov. Whether that's whether that's trading for Dougie Hamilton's negotiation ne- negotiation rights early, which I don't think you'd do a first-round pick on that. Seth, um, Jones. Seth Jones, Brian Ellis, Matias Ekholm, any one of those three, that 13th overall pick should be included in the package. Just do something to make this team better. Yes. Because, Please. again, like I said before, talk is cheap. We need to see some – excuse my French. We need to see Results. some shit go down. Yes. But – I think that does it for the Flyers for now. Dave, shall we take an ad break before we dive into the playoffs? You took the words right out of my mouth, Matt. So with that, we will be right back here at 5-Minute Major Radio. And we are back here at 5-Minute Major Radio. For those who, you know, haven't been living under a rock, I think everyone knows the Stanley, as we've already addressed on this podcast, uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs are in full bloom. And this has been... In terms of upsets and and series sweeps, I feel like this year it's had some of the most spiciest action we've seen in a long time. Yeah, I mean, we can get right into it here. The Montreal Canadiens, I think, can be labeled the team of destiny at this point. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy. They come back, I, like, like I addressed last week, uh, they came back from being down 3-1 in the series to beat the Toronto Maple Leafs in Game 7 to advance. And then they sweep the Winnipeg Jets from existence. And um, yeah. I did touch on the mic, on, on the mic. On the uh, on 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 the Shifley hit last week, yeah. Um, there were some interesting quotes today that came out about that Matt. I don't know if you heard them, but pretty much, uh, I could. I'm probably gonna, you know, this isn't exact wording. You but can Shifley came paraphrase. Out, yes, Shifley came out and said, you know, I was expecting to be shut down and try to be contained by Philip No, but instead it was Department of Player Safety. Yeah, and he said that in a press release, and I retweeted. Uh, the video of him saying that, so I'm and asking the question of, so how much is the NHL finding him for this? And I'm sure we'll find out tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, that's, that was such a, I don't even, I don't know. I mean, it's, again, it's one of those things where you can, you can analyze every one of those type of hits from every angle, slow it down by 10 frames per second, whatever, slow, like slow-mo. It, I mean, it is what it is at this point. They, like, Winnipeg's done. Who knows if Shifley would have made a difference at all anyway. Like, they could have still got swept even if he was playing. But, yeah. I mean, it's at this point, it's just war of the words. It's fuel for the fire the next time these teams meet because, obviously, Montreal didn't really get to, to exact any measure of quote-unquote revenge on Shifley. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just bulletin board material, as they say, for the next time these two teams meet next season in the regular season, whether it be in... I guess it just, hey, it's a new rivalry, I guess. Winnipeg, Montreal. Yeah. Why not? Um, but, and again, I think it's a different situation if Evans doesn't get hurt and he doesn't get stretchered off. That just makes it even, like, you have to, yeah. I guess, in this day and age with the NHL, you know that's a suspension if someone's hurt. So, I'll oh, leave yeah, it and, at And if the NHL had got the whole Tom Wilson thing right, because, like, we've also addressed in this podcast, but I don't because think it, due, I mean, due to I don't the think, outrage from fans, my point yeah. is that, the NHL feels as though they need to overreact and oversuspend to try and make up for their lack of action in that situation. They're never going to come out and say that, but it's like it's like with makeup calls with refs. Like you know that's why these suspensions are steeper than, than they normally would be. I mean, it just comes down to hockey's a physical game, things like that happen. That's it. Um It's true. It's unfortunate. It's all yeah, it's unfortunate, but it happens. It's the same thing in football. You see guys get nailed all the time and they get knocked out or something like, like defenseless receivers. You see that stuff all the time. Then it, the NFL takes care of it. People get upset. People take sides. And then, I mean, you just move on. So that's what we're going to do here. But um, actually, one quick thing. Imagine living in Toronto right now. I don't know if you saw this, Dave, but I saw this on Twitter today. The CN Tower. The CN Tower? Is being lit red, white, and blue in support of the Canadians. And I understand it's called, I'm pretty sure it's the Canadian National Tower. Yeah. So it's for all of Canada. But since it's in Toronto, I, I can't even imagine being a Leafs fan and looking up at that right now. It's because, you know, if there is something similar to that in Montreal, yeah. they would never light a monument of theirs in support of the Maple Leafs. Never. Yeah. And it's it would I never mean, happened. I mean, it's I think it's cool because... Obviously, Montreal is representing the entire country at this point, and this is probably the furthest any Canadian team has made it in the playoffs in years. Yes, and so, the NHL did that by design because yeah. they needed a, they wanted a Canadian team at this point in the playoffs for Canadian TV revenue. They probably hoped it was Toronto, but they probably S- did. SOL but, at this point, but, but you know what? You've got Carey Price, yeah, who is who has. Doing carry price things yet again. Yep. I mean, hey, I think it's cool. Everyone else, they just have to deal with it. I don't have to look at it. I'm not a Maple Leafs fan. Our team didn't it didn't even make the playoffs. So you know what? You can't get miserable about your team in the playoffs if they don't make it. That's that is very true. So, but uh, but moving on, um, the Montreal Canadiens are on their way to the Stanley Cup semifinals. They will play the winner, <laughs> and I think they said it on Spin Chicklets. Whoever they play next, they might get steamrolled because they're playing the winner of the Vegas-Colorado series, and we'll jump over to that series quick. The the Golden Knights are up 3-2 in the series with Game 6 of that series being tomorrow night at 9 o'clock on NBC Sports Network. 
I mean, this, I think, I hope this goes seven at least because this has been unreal hockey. I haven't been able to watch much of it because I have to go so bed, go to bed so early for work. But I've been seeing highlights and clips and goals on Twitter, on YouTube, all that stuff. And I mean, it's just been, it's been unreal. Where Colorado steamrolled Vegas for the first two games. Vegas clawed their way back to tie the series up. It was more Mark so the Stone. Go ahead. Yeah, go Mark ahead. Stone last night. It was more the only game Colorado has been absolutely dominant in from start to one. finish. Was game one. Yeah, because it was game what, two. Seven, two I it think. was like half the game. They won in overtime off of a great shot from Branton. Yeah. And then these past, these past three games, like have they have not been good. Yeah. Um. And boy, oh boy, do they miss Nazim Kadri uh, right now. Yep. Like he, that is a glaring hole in their lineup. Yeah. Vegas is feasting on that. And they're just like they're falling apart. They blew a two nothing lead yesterday, yep. at home, um, and then that overtime loss. So now they have to go into Vegas to try and force the game seven to take it back to Denver. And man, I'll tell you what: if they play the way they played the past couple games, they're gonna lose tomorrow night. Yeah, and you know I'm, I'm I've been Avalanche have been like the team I've been like rooting for in this postseason because I love Nathan McKinnon, I love Landis, I love Brandon, and I love McCarr. Yeah. Um, but it's like, man, I don't know. And Philip Grubauer's come back down to earth a little bit. And Mark Andre Fleury has been stellar. Yeah. Um, he's been ar- arguably Vegas's best player. And now you feel like Vegas's stars are waking up now too. So it's it's going to be really interesting. I, I I hope Colorado can force the game seven because I want I want to see them win the series in advance. Because uh-huh. I I was joking with some of our friends. I was saying that uh, the the Avs should wear their reverse retros because they have the Nordiques logo on them when yeah. they're on the road games in Montreal. That'd be sick. But I'm uh, kinda, I mean, I'm kind of bummed that the reverse retros are like a one-off. Yeah, I am too. Some of them, I some of them I thought were include the Flyers ones. I thought were really nice and should remain as an alternate. Yeah, I mean, you never know. Maybe, maybe we'll see least, them again. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. But uh, any who was back to this series, you know, I feel I feel as though like I, I kind of agree with with our podcast pals on chicklets that i feel like montreal is just advancing and they're going to get demolished by where they're playing next but you know what <laughs> if carrie price keeps on playing the way that he's been playing he could single-handedly win i mean he's already he won he helped them win game round one he was yeah. almost unbeatable in round two you never know what can happen in round three it's the playoffs but yeah they're definitely the Les Habitants would not be the favorite in the next series. I was going to say, yeah, and I think it'll be their first time playing in front of actual fans next series, too. Because yeah, I don't they, think Montreal. Oh, wait, they've they, had, they've they had, had like 2,500 fans the uh, past since, I mean, uh, since game six of the Toronto series. Compared to a packed barn, though? Yeah, but they're the only. They, they are the only. Yeah, because I, I think Vegas is at full capacity. They, they are. Oh, Green yeah. light and Denver is like I think it's seventy five percent. I mean, which is, I mean, either team is more than twenty five hundred yes. fans. Yes. So, um, it'll be interesting to see if that if that plays a factor uh, in that next series at all. But moving on to the other two series we have going on, we had the Tampa Bay Lightning, the defending Stanley Cup champions. They wrapped up their series with the Carolina Hurricanes last night. Was it last night? Last night. Yes, last night. Um, Tampa Bay took the series by a score of four games to one. They shut out Carolina 2-0 in Game 5, and they are moving on to the Stanley Cup semifinals as well. Tampa, not much to say about them besides they are a very good team. Obviously, Kucherov, Stamkos, Vasilevsky, Hedman, um, Pat Maroon. I don't know. He's not really – I guess you could call him a skill guy. He's just a good – like, he's just a good – like guy to have in your lineup in general i think um but tampa don't they really aren't showing any signs of slowing down here i no, believe they had, yeah they had trouble against carolina during the regular season though mm-hmm, they did but, and then and then they said you know what we're done with you guys we're gonna wipe you out in five games well they also they also got kucherov back which that's true helps yeah and they cheated the cap system but that's for that's none of my business hey, like we addressed like we addressed earlier 
They, they are not cheating. They are following the legitimate rules of the collective bargaining agreement made by and agreed by the NHL and the NHLPA. It is not cheating. Enough of that hogwash. All right, sorry. Um, but anyway, <laughs> they are, again, like I said, they are going on to the semifinals, and we have a possible determining game tonight, which is going on right now. As of 8-12 on Wednesday night, we have the New York Islanders. They are up one nothing in Game 6 of the Islanders-Bruins series. And it's just about the end of the, actually, breaking news. It is now tied 1-1 in the game. So we have ourselves a game early in the game, if that makes sense, with just about two minutes left in the first period, it looks like. So the game is in the Coliseum on Long Island right now. Definitely a home ice advantage for the Islanders, but the Boston Bruins. Yeah, I think either – I hate both these teams. I'm just going to preface it as a fan. I hate both these teams. Um, But the Islanders just won't go away. And I think – Whoever it's see it's tough though. Whoever runs into the lightning, I think it's gonna be this obviously the semifinal are gonna even more separate the men from the boys, but Tampa is a, a freight train from hell. And I don't know if it seems like the the Bruins have had their kind of injury troubles and they're kinda of getting beat up. Both these teams, the Islanders and the Bruins, I feel like are beating each other up. So Tampa with uh, with a few days off here, waiting for the winner of this series, it could be the the, the whole rest versus rush rush, rest versus rust situation, and I don't really I don't know it's tough. I, again, I don't want if if both these teams could lose, that'd be great, but one of them has to. I I don't even want to pick a winner here. Yeah, and we we we've been it's a split household. It's like um, like even though like I. I will always hate New York more than I hate Boston. That's just my personal preference because I think I think there's more of a rivalry between the city of New York and then the city of Philadelphia. Even though the Islanders really aren't from New York City, yeah. they are they're still in the metropolitan tri-state area and they've had more history and more moments with the Flyers. Yeah. Um, Boston is a rival, but I don't think they're as a hated rival. I just think they're hated more in Philadelphia because of they have guys like Brad Marchand on their team. Um, which I will die on the hill that if Brad Marchand wore, wore orange and black, he would be beloved in this city. Oh, I agree. Um, but since but, he doesn't, I hate him. Precisely. Um, this is it's this series has gotten everything. You've had Tukaras be really good and then be really bad, and you've had Simeon Varlamov again be really good, and then that overtime goal, I think, in game... That was two. Game. Nah, was it game two? Yeah. The one where the Bruins... Yeah, it was a bad ankle shot. Like He was just was being lazy on his offer. post. Um, but, man, it, I feel like this This is a series where I feel like the winner is just... It's kind of like how Montreal is waiting to find out who they're going to lose to. <laughs> I feel like this series is waiting. The Islanders are Bruins. You know, Tampa's... You know, they're the winners. They're waiting to say, oh, we're going to go lose to the Lightning because... The Lightning are just, like you said, a wagon from hell. And yeah. they have no, there's no, like they were a little bit sloppy against yep. the Florida Panthers, but they got the job done. They've woken up in this series. Vasilevsky shut yeah. down the Hurricanes with, with ease. Yep. Um, really no issues at all. <laughs> and it's just like, all right, well, Tampa's going to Tampa. So who are they going to play next? And, um, you know, definitely, they've probably got some injuries they're dealing with, so the rest is going to be good. And, you know, this Islanders-Bruins series has been, you know, taxing on both teams. Lots of big physical play in your face. Um, it's a shame the Islanders play so goddamn boring when they have a lead. Yeah. Um, but it gets the job done, and their fans are loving it. So, you know, kudos to them. Kudos to Barry Trotz. I would say he's a Hockey Hall of Fame head coach when he retires. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, I just, for the love of God, I hope they, Boston either comes back and beats them in this series or Tampa just mops the floor with them because I do not, I repeat, I do not want to have to watch the New York Islanders in the Stanley cup final. Cause then that would be the most boring cup final ever. Yeah. Cause that's a, that, that they play the modern trap when they get the lead. 
they just clog everything. Yeah. And it's not it's not entertaining hockey to watch at all. Yeah. Actually, and this next round will be the semifinals will be I mean, obviously playoff hockey's very very entertaining in general, but this next round will be the first time that these teams play different opponents in different divisions. Yeah, like you're you're having like Montreal, which normal in a normal year would would be an Eastern Conference team. They're playing a Western Conference team to advance yeah. to the Cup final. But uh, and I mean they would and again in a normal year they would play Vegas twice based off of the realignment from almost mm-hmm. what ten years was it ten Jesus has it been ten years whenever the last realignment was with the Metro Central all that. It was there was the rule where each team would play each other twice, whether it was Western like you play a Western Conference Division team, Western Conference Division, Western Conference team mm-hmm. twice, once at home, once away. So obviously that didn't happen this year. So it'll be interesting to see how how things shift and these teams again, like I just said, are seeing the first of each other since two years ago. Yeah, and on the arguably the biggest stage of the season. Yeah. You're playing to go to the cup final. I was going to say, hey, it just gets even more crazy from here. But I think off the off the cuff here, I'm going to say it's going to be Tampa Bay versus I'm going to go the winner of I'm going to go Tampa Vegas in the cup final. Tampa Vegas. I don't it's going to be based off the way the Avalanche have played the past couple games. It's going to be tough for them to force game seven in Vegas. Unless so, they put on an absolute clinic. My tentatively. But based on how the Avalanche have played, I agree with you. But in my heart of hearts, I wanted to be Tampa, Colorado. Um, I wouldn't mind that either. I think Tampa's coming out of the. I can't even say they're not. They're coming out of the East. I guess you could because it's all Eastern Conference teams at this point, except for the Montreal, obviously. But... Except for Mon- except for um, Vegas or uh, Colorado, all the rest are Eastern Conference teams. Tampa is coming out of the right side of my screen on my iPad that I'm looking at right now, and then which would normally be an Eastern Conference exactly bracket. So, and then whoever wins, I think it's going to be in my my gut is saying Vegas, but my, I don't know my my gut's up in the air with these two teams right now because again, I think it's going to be tough with the momentum that Vegas has winning the last three games now against Colorado. It's going to be tough for Colorado to to force that game seven, especially in Vegas with Flurry. I mean, we, we know how Flurry is. Um, and I don't know. I mean, hell, I would love two game sevens with Bruins and the Islanders and Vegas and Avalanche because I would hope they would either be Friday night or Saturday night so that I could watch all of that and enjoy some adult, adult beverages, beverages. Yes. responsibly. So, um for now, I'm going to go, let's go have two game sevens, and then we'll predict it from there. I am always here for that because I just want more hockey. Exactly. More The more hockey, the happier I am as a human being. Yep. Because so, the, the Philadelphia Phillies are not bringing us much joy right now. No. The Sixers are. As yeah, I win. haven't been watching. They tied the series, uh, not yesterday, the day before, I think. But they're in the second round, so trust the process. I'll say trust the process, but as 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 everyone who knows me, not a basketball guy. I will shamelessly hop on the Sixers bandwagon because Philly sports. I have been I have been so almost anti basketball my entire life that I think if if people found out that I was hopping on the Sixers bandwagon, I would get Hell would reasonably and deservedly shit on for it. <laughs> so, well. Hey, man, you do what you want. But other than that, like I said, we are at the first intermission of this game six between the Islanders and Bruins. We are tied at one. So we will leave it up to the hockey gods to determine what this game does and what the series does from here. But on this episode at 821 now on Wednesday night, it's a tie game and the Bruins are down. It's a tie game with the Islanders leading the series three games to two. Yeah. So we'll see if there's a Game 7. We'll see if there's a Game 7 in Vegas or in Colorado. But we will leave that to the hockey gods. Dave, for now, we will go briefly to around the league for a a small handful of items for this week. Not much, but we got a couple things to talk about. So we already went over the Masterton Trophy nominees. We already went over a couple other nominees as well for other awards. I think we went over the Rocket Richard 
the Art Ross, and a couple more. Uh, I think the, the Vezina, the Norris, and a couple other ones came out. Actually, I'm looking at the Norris one right now. So we have Adam Fox of the Mo- not the Montreal. I'm still thinking of the Canadians. Adam Fox <laughs> of the New York Rangers, Victor Hedman of the Tampa Bay Lightning, and Kale McCarr named finalist for the Norris Trophy on Wednesday today. And this, um, if you don't know, the award is given annually to the defenseman voted to have demonstrated throughout the season the greatest all-around ability at the position as voted on by the PHWA, the Professional Hockey Writers Association. And the winner will be announced as part of the 2021 NHL Awards presented by Bridgestone, no free ads, during the Stanley Cup Finals or Stanley Cup Final. So all three of these guys, deservedly so, nominations. McCarr, the best young defenseman in the game. Adam Fox, not really a surprise nominee because he had a, a breakout season this season with the Rangers. Hedman, probably going to win. Um, back so to back? Maybe. But if my my money's on either McCarr or Hedman, I think Fox is he, – he had a really good season. Um, but I want to say – if Aaron Ekblad didn't get hurt, I feel like it would be Ekblad, Hedman, and Makar. I always have one stipulation in my mind that's an unofficial rule in my head if I were a voter on League Awards. That to be the best, if for a player who's the best at their quote-unquote position, you need to be a player who helped your team make the playoffs. So, therefore, in my mind, Adam Fox... Er, you are not a winner, sir. You didn't. If you were the best defenseman in the entire National Hockey League, you would have helped the New York Rangers make the Stanley Cup playoffs. The New York Rangers did not make the playoffs. Therefore, you were not the best defenseman in the National Hockey League this season. It would be nice to have McCarr win it so young and so early, but he's going to be nominated probably multiple seasons to go for now throughout uh, the prime of his career. I think it's going to go to Hedman. Like, very, very easily, just because he won it last year. The Lightning, again, are head, they're deep in the playoffs. Like, really? Yep. Like, there's really, it's it's a no-brainer, if you ask yeah. me. Oh, yeah, I agree. Um, the only other order of business we have around the league tonight is a front office move by the Minnesota Wild. Well, didn't we, the Vesna? we didn't talk about the Vesna nominees. Oh, I don't even know where that is on here, honestly. I can tell you who the three are, though. Uh, let me guess quick. Go ahead. Mark Andre Fleury. Correct. Andre Vasilevsky. Correct. Ooh, this third one's going to be tough. We've already mentioned him in this podcast. Not that long ago, either. Grubauer? Yes, sir. Let's go. It's it's funny. Um, there's there's a lot. Grubauer's interesting. While he had fantastic numbers this season, typically yeah. he's not he's not a guy you'd go. He's one of the best goalies in the league, um, but literally this year, one of the best, one of the best regular season goalies in the league. Yeah, but what's funny is literally this year for the Vesna, those three mentioned goalies are all one, two, and three in wins this season, and that well, like never happens. I guess that makes sense. Um, honestly, like Vasilevsky's gonna win this again. Yeah, like there's. Like I, I could uh, there's there's a legitimate case for all three to win it. Oh yeah, I mean there's but, a legitimate like, case for any of these guys to win these trophies. I mean, unless their team didn't make the playoffs. That's unless you're Adam Fox <laughs> in, in your eyes, Dave. <laughs> but no, I think again, I think here, I think Vasilevsky's going to get this award. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's either going to be Vasilevsky or Flurry, which surprisingly this is the first time Flurry's been nominated. Um, so I could see him winning. I yeah. don't see Grubauer winning this. Um, it's either going to be Flurry or probably Vasilevsky. Yep, I would agree with that. Um, so we have Vezina, Art Ross, Bill Masterton, Norris. We have. We already went over the Selkie, I believe. Patrice Bergeron is probably going to win that as he does the past. What this is his fifteenth nomination, I think, which is like the most ever. Tenth, tenth in a row. Yeah. Tenth year in a row. Tenth straight year in a row he's been nominated for this award. That's yeah. insane. Yep. Um, the Ted Lindsay, I think we went over that already. But the NHL awards did will be we go later. Over, did we go over the Selkie? Because it's Bergeron, Stone, and Barkov. I think we did. 
Something tells me we did. If we didn't, that's that's the those are the guys that are nominated for everyone listening. Bergeron's gonna get it. The, <laughs> yeah. the, the award always goes to a center. The fact that Stone got a nomination as a winger is like a ooh cool yay, but like yeah. it's it's gone to Bergeron. Yeah, we uh maybe we'll do an awards an awards episode closer to the when they uh, actually announce the the winners, and we'll we'll give a quick prediction for each one. We'll go around our around the league segment. We'll be around the awards segment. Yes. So stay tuned for that possibly. But Dave, as I was saying before, before you steered me into another direction, our last order of business. No, it's all right. Um. It's a it's a give and take here, supplemental. We supplement each other here with Very information. True. Um, the last order of business around the league tonight, we have a front office move by the Minnesota Wild. Earlier today, it was announced that Ray Shiro was named senior advisor to Minnesota Wild general Ma- general manager Bill Guerin. The 58, according to NH- according to NHL.com, the 58 year old was GM of the Pittsburgh Penguins when Guerin won the Stanley Cup as a player back in 2009. And the Penguins reached the Stanley Cup playoffs in each of his eight seasons through 2006 to 2014. Shiro was also the GM of the New Jersey, New Jersey Devils from 2015 to 2020. And in 2017, 2018, they reached the playoffs for the first time since 2012. This past season, the Wild were third in the Honda West Division, no free ads, improving their points percentage from last season and from the pre- season before. They were eliminated by the Vegas Golden Knights in Game 7 in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs and have not advanced past the first round of the playoffs since 2015. So Shiro just, again, just kind of supplementing, like we do here, Dave, Mm -hmm. Shiro supplementing Bill Guerin just to give him some some veteran help uh, at the helm of the Wild. And the Wild, I think... Is it a bold statement to say that they're coming out of their white bread of the NHL stage? Yes. With having Kirill the Thrill, Kaprizov. It I is a bold like he, statement or it's not? I don't, I, don't, I don't think it's a bold statement. I think oh. they're entering another. I think they've got some good prospects. And I think Kaprizov is a franchise center that they can build around. I agree. Yeah, I mean, they, they gave the... the, the I gotta, we got to end this. I can't talk tonight. They gave the Knights a run for their money. So, um, good for Ray Shiro, and we wish you well. We wish the Wild semi-well, because if they ever come up against the Flyers, we want them to lose. Definitely. So, uh, other than that, the playoffs obviously dominating the news cycle right now for the NHL. As we get closer to, as we get closer to mid-July, we'll have more stuff about the draft, about the expansion draft, about free agency, We'll see if the Flyers do anything exciting or if mm-hmm. they continue to make us miserable. So kind of a lull from here, unless anything comes up on our radar. But Dave, are we transitioning into our every other week period or would you like to keep it weekly for the playoffs at least? Well, we are about to take a bit of a two-week break here. Because oh, right, somebody's going on vacation. Yes, yes, I am. Uh, <laughs> next, so there will be our next podcast will be the week of the twenty eighth. So probably look for our next ep- podcast on June thirtieth, right before the Fourth of July weekend. Um, because I will be in Virginia Banks, and, Virginia Banks, Virginia no, Banks. I will not be in Virginia Banks. <laughs> this is a PC podcast. Uh, I will be in Virginia Beach. And the Outer Banks in North Carolina for ten days from the sixteenth to the twenty sixth. To the twenty-sixth. So I am very much looking forward to that. I am looking forward to actually being able to watch playoff hockey while on vacation. That'll be sweet. I'm going to be like Mike Commodore and be hashtag in one every night. At least that is the plan. Don't drink and drive. Oh no, 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 no. You got a pool, hot tub, TV, pool table, you're you're set. Don't need to go anywhere. Uh, and you're at the beach, so I mean, but what what more is it? The playoff hockey and the beach, it's like the two best things in one. Um, but yeah, so with that, we, we will we will definitely have a two week break here. Um, but of course, we will still be active on the socials. Where if we see something that pops up, um, we we will address it via our Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram pages. So stay tuned there. Yes, if something does come up where we need to do a quick. You know, like video post, check out our Instagram and Facebook for that. Probably link to it on Twitter, but we're only we'll do that 
if it's absolutely necessary. Like it's a life or death hockey situation. <laughs> um, but when one is when one is on vacation, one takes time off from all the responsibilities. So. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it now that uh, you should not be doing any of this podcast <laughs> stuff while on vacation. Because no offense to you, but I wouldn't. So no, you gotta go. I mean, you gotta turn work mode completely off. Lo- love the pod. Love the pod. I already decided I will be I will be checking my work emails just once in the morning to make sure my inbox doesn't get too crowded yeah. and I don't miss anything like crucial there. But other oh, yeah. than that, like that's like when I wake up in the morning. Take yourself a nice little hiatus. Get a, get my cup of coffee, log into my Gmail app on my phone, check the emails real quick, and then shut down and just have a day. There you go. So, um, But with that, so like I said, we'll be back most likely on June 30th. And we will catch kind of we'll catch everyone up on the playoffs so far because we'll probably be in the Stanley Cup final at that point. Yeah. So lots of interesting hockey to talk about. Everyone enjoy your time off from us. Well, I know you just love the pod. Everyone does need a break every once in a while. Don't miss us uh, too much. But yes, but probably going back to your point, Masho, probably once the playoffs are over, we will go to an every other week. But while the playoffs are still going, I feel like maybe even around the draft and the extension draft and free agency, we'll do weeklies. But I feel like once once hockey is like done, done and not yeah. done, done, like the like done, done, yep. um, you know, we will go to every other week. But just after this quick little two weeks, yes, to here, we'll be back weekly until things are done before we go every other until next season starts. So cool, cool. But with that, Mastro, I will let you go eat dinner like you mentioned before we started <laughs> recording. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I'm sure, Matt, you and I will be in communication even while I'm on vacation because we are buddies. Yes, sir. Uh, but with that, everyone, keep on staying Keep on staying safe. We all hope you had a great Memorial Day weekend, even though I did address that on the last podcast. I will say it again here for those who did not listen. Um, go back and listen to last week's. It was a decent pod. Humble brag. Got to toot my own horn here. But <laughs> with that, Matt, go eat dinner. Everyone, have a great couple weeks coming up, and we will see you in two weeks.